You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For everything, for everything indie, for everything cults, it's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. As always, subscribe to the Blue Horseshoe Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. George uh, Bremer, Ryan Hickey, alongside with you here, right here on the latest post-game pod as the Colts do defeat the Jaguars 34-27. And George, how about for the first time this year, we talk positively about the offensive line because it looks like they have found the right combination. Now, they started the game. With a brand new combination, they started with Bernard Ryman at left tackle, Quentin Nelson at left guard. They went Ryan Kelly back at center. Then they went Pryor, Matt Pryor, right guard, Braden Smith at right tackle. Now, they did sub in Dennis Kelly. We saw Dennis Kelly siding for the first time this year. He subbed in for Ryman pretty early on in the first quarter at left tackle. Did not look back since that was the, the, the unit that played most of the game. Zero, that's right, George, zero sacks allowed for the first time this season. You got to go back to all the way in week 11 of last year when they smoked the Bills of Buffalo. Last time this offensive line did not give up a sack. I think, George, I know it's one game. I think it's time to say the Colts have found the starting five. I, at least you have to, to handle it that way moving forward. I think we were talking all week about get a unit that actually works and then stick with it. You know, Find something that actually goes well for you and, and then stick with it. And they did. And to their credit today, it wasn't the unit that started the game. Dennis Kelly came in early. Uh, they said, you know, Frank Reich said that that was the play in. They were going to kind of rotate him and Raymond uh, all along. But once Kelly came in, he kind of went over to Chris Strausser and he said, you know, it's working. I'll leave it up to you because he always leaves it up to the position coaches to make those kind of decisions during the game. He said, it's working. I don't see any reason to pull him out. And they just left Dennis Kelly out there, uh, really settled in. I think it's a really big moment for a Carmel native. He's an Indiana boy, went to Purdue, uh, come in here and 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 have you know such a big role in a big win like this. Uh, kind of a neat story uh, that'll go a little bit under the radar with everything else that happened out there today. It's a good point, right? It's a nice kind of you know nice sign from a, a local boy, especially for sure. But it's also too a great sign to see George zero sacks on fifty eight attempts. So it's not again like they are you know barely threw the ball. And they weren't really tested. This defensive line for Jacksonville is very good. We have seen them give Colts offensive lines fits in the past. Ask Matt Ryan from week two. Ask Carson Wentz last year. And you were able to keep Matt Ryan upright. Keep him clean for the most part. And again, play by far your best game of the season. Like It's great to see. Like you said, it's, it's nice too that Frank Reich is able to make an adjustment on the fly. Like I said, where they see Dennis Kelly's working. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Sometimes, George, is just that simple. I, I don't know. I get a... I do get frustrated. I feel like sometimes football coaches, especially, tend to overcomplicate things when it's really not that difficult. This is one of those situations where you see it working, don't switch it. To Frank Reich's credit, he kind of went when it was rolling, and it led to by far the best game of the year. Yeah, and it's not even close from the offensive line standpoint. Uh, I, I think it's funny if if you told me coming in today that the Jaguars are going to run for two hundred and forty three yards and the Colts are going to throw the ball fifty eight times, I would have thought the Colts would lose this game. I mean, I would have thought that's a recipe for disaster. 58 passes, no sacks, no turnovers. I think that's probably, you know, the biggest number. I think it's the first time all year they didn't turn the ball over. Uh, they were close once. Kylan Granson fumbled the ball. Really good hustle by Ryan Kelly to go and fall on that one. Uh, but 
no turnovers. I believe the first time all year. That's key. I mean, we've been saying it all year long. They're their own worst enemy. Penalties, turnovers, sacks. The penalties got in the way a little bit today. Definitely killed the opening drive. Uh, but not as bad as they've been in the past. They were more on the defensive side than the offensive side today. And then no turnovers, no sacks. The result is by far the best offensive performance of the season. Matt Ryan pressured just 24.1% of his dropbacks, according to True Media. So again, he had a clean pocket. I like the fact that uh, play calling wise too, I thought it worked because sure they took deep shots as well, but a lot of quick passes. Like it's nice to see that Frank Reich is adjusting his play calling to see, all right, this Hubbard's line is not really getting it done. You can't get Matt Ryan a lot of times. So we're just going to call a lot of quick plays. That's This is Colts offense that we're going to see. It's not going to be very explosive like last year. It's going to be matriculating the ball down the field, 8, 10, 12-yard drives. But this offensive line is able to protect. Matt Ryan is at his best. It feels like when he's able to, you know, obviously stay upright. There's a, there's a hot take for you. He's good when he's not getting hit. And you see so far the starting five look good. And, and Matt Pryor was playing. We talked about George uh, earlier in the week leading up to this game. You, you got to stop them at tackle. You know, it's, they tried him at left tackle, didn't work. Last week, they tried him at right tackle, didn't work. They slide him over to right guard. That seems to be, if he's going to put, if you have to put him on the field, that seems to be the best position for him. And it, it worked out. Credit to the Colts again. They've been tinkering all, all year. We said that you had to do that, right? There, there's no one that really felt like they were off limits in terms of being moved around. And the Colts kind of worked their magic in and found that combination. And it's, again, it, it's, we, we talked about this. The Colts are going to go as far as their offensive line takes it. And it's nice to see that today for the first time all season, like this, they showed you, you have time. This offense can score 34 points against, like you said, a good Jacksonville defense. That's not an accident. It's not a fluke. And they should have had more. Mm-hmm. Things that Matt Ryan talked about after the game, being, you know, still having more to improve. This offense can be good. They could be a close to a top 10 offense if the offense line is blocking the way they're paid to block. Yeah. And it's situational football, right? I mean, they were good on third down today. That's always important. Yes. They were good in the red zone late. They weren't good in the red zone early, but they were good in the red zone late. And they've got to continue to improve at that. Uh, and and the turnovers, you know, the sacks and the turnovers are what have been killing this team all year long. And so to avoid that, uh, now I think the next step is to get the, the running game going as well. When you compare this with the running game, you'd be really hard to stop. I mean, if you can get out there, if you can have this passing attack with Jonathan Taylor in the backfield and you're opening some lanes for him, it's going to be really tough for defenses to figure out how, to, how they want to play you. I'm glad you brought up the third down too, George, because that's another thing we kind of talked about. The Colts' woes on third down with, you know, they faced, going into this game, they faced almost 50% of the third downs. I believe it was 48% was the exact percentage. 40% of their third downs this year were third and long, third and seven or longer. And what do we talk about? You need to get better play design, better play calling on first and second down to give yourself a chance to be able to convert on those thirds down, and third downs. Excuse me. And to Frank Reich's credit, they were able to do it. They were 10 of 15 third down today we've talked George but before in the past you know or, or earlier in the pot I should say you got to pass to set up the run although that worked out perfectly they're able to get ahead of the chains on first and second down and that's how you go 10 to 15 on third down by making it third and three not third and nine and that's Ryan Kelly flat out said in the locker room after the game that was the number one goal to stay out of third and long you know and they did for the most part I think there was a couple third and sevens and they picked them up when they got them today too but uh yeah, that was the that was the idea going in, and they were able to achieve it. It's 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 funny, George, how simple football is. When you just get ahead of the chains, when you when you just stay on script and kind of just catch the ball, throw the ball, probably blocks to the guy who's supposed to block. When you actually play assignment football, it's amazing how the results turn out in your favor. Do good things <laughs> and, and good things happen, right? It's kind of crazy. 
Um, I think it's funny though, because I, I asked somebody today, is this the death of run the damn ball? You know, we've heard that now for four or five years. Um, you come out today and you literally don't run the ball at all. Uh, and, and you win this football game and you do it in an impressive fashion. Um, but I think, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to overreact to one game either. I think they did what they had to do today to win this game. It'll be interesting next week in Tennessee. You know, some of these I think will work. I think it'll be another game that maybe an up-tempo style probably is a good idea. I think passing to set up the run um, definitely is still going to be a good idea. But I also think – I don't think anybody in that huddle is going to not be happy if they see number 28 out there and he's able to chip in as well. Which makes this even more encouraging. You score 34 points again without your – Really, but your best offensive player, like you said, and we mentioned before, you go back to week one against Tennessee, or excuse me, against Houston, a lot of Jonathan Taylor's yards in that game were fourth quarter, no huddle offense, but you were able to run the ball. So if, like you said, if you can kind of, this is, I don't want to get too crazy like that. I don't want to get too carried away and start now to think that this is sustainable when, again, it's it's one out of six games we saw this Colts offense actually look competent and good. So that's, that's not a good percentage whatsoever. But you saw signs on Sunday for the first time this season, George, that make you feel like, okay, this offense is going somewhere. And it's not just a fluke where we see it in all the time in the NFL, just sometimes even a bad team has a great game and everything goes their way. I don't think that that Sunday was the case where everything went the Colts' way. You mentioned the adversity they overcame. And I love the game plan that they had of passing first set the run, you know, just even making just easy passing, you know, slants, curls. Like it's not like, you know, they're just making miraculous plays. It's simple, get the ball out quick. I think this is sustainable going forward. Like I said, when they get Jonathan Taylor back, whether it's next week in Tennessee, you hope, or in a few weeks after that, it feels like this offense could go even further. Not like this was just a one-off, even though statistically one out of six games, it is a one-off right now when you have this uh, good of a game. He's not a very good batting average right now, but I don't think what you saw today was I'm with you. It didn't feel like a fluke. You know, the Kansas City game felt fluky today did not feel like a fluke. Uh, one thing I wrote about it a couple of weeks ago, but one thing that's always kind of intrigued me with this team is, you know, obviously Frank Wright came up in, in Buffalo in that K gun system with Marv Levy and, and Jim Kelly. And, you know, everybody remembers them being no huddle and throwing the ball all around, but Thurman Thomas was such a huge part of that attack. And the fact that he was able to run the ball as well as he was and catch it out of the backfield and be as productive as he was, let them pretty much go no huddle the whole game, every game. If they hadn't had a running back like that, I don't think they would have been able to do it. I think the Colts could have something like that between Taylor and Hines. I think you could you could create kind of a modern-day K-gun offense here, and it'll be interesting to see if that's the direction they're headed. Hope so. Like I said, it worked wonders in Buffalo, and at least today so far, it looked like this was their the best iteration, the best version of the Colts' offense is when they're up-tempo, no huddle, just kind of even just not in a rush to stop the ball per se, but just not huddling, keeping the defense on the field, not allowing substitutions. It, sh- you, it should on paper work. And again, it's easy to kind of just game plan the rest of the season out, but just, oh yeah, if this happens, this happens the way it happened today. Obviously they're going to, you know, things are going to go awry, but so far this feel, like you said, feels sustainable. I feel like this could be the beginning, especially when you get two of your better running backs back to kind of mirror that, that nineties Buffalo bills offense, which was obviously, you know, prolific and explosive in its own right. Um, unfortunately, George Sunday was not all, you know, sunshine and roses. The Colts offense played really well. Colts defense absolutely did not. Kind of rolls reversed here on Sunday. When the Blue Horseshoe Pod does return, we'll talk about the defense getting historically gashed, it felt like, in the run game. And, and the Colts doing one thing that continued on Sunday that is just so frustrating. I'll tell you what that the one thing was in the Blue Horseshoe Pod returns. <laughs> 